Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby, and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, after that fine performance by Palace at the weekend as they try and push for Europe... We caught up with a friend of the show, comedian and writer Kevin Day, and also a bid farewell to uh, the late, great Kayla, the eagle that flew at the ground for many years. Uh, we had some old clips from back in 2006 that we brought you as well. Uh, Striker with Steve Bruce. And uh, Mike Ward brought us his uh, pick of the week's TV in his new regular Monday slot. Plus, of course, we had a couple of conversations. And here it all is. <laughs> Hoping someone will tell me what is going on. Oh, oh yes, I think we do have Andy. Now. Hello, Andy. Oh, sorry, Paul. About that. I have don't you, want have you tried plugging it in? Have you tried turning That's it not, on and off? No, don't. I know you want to blame me for this, but it wasn't <laughs> my fault. <laughs> what, what was the right. problem then? What was the problem? Uh, we do, I don't know. I had to reboot the whole thing. Sorry about that. Oh, it's all right. doesn't matter. It's, no, it's fine. I'm here now. Anyway, actually, Good. I would have done that if Chelsea had lost. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Because I was really <laughs> dreading the old five past one. I was thinking, oh, half time. I'm thinking, oh, I can't face this. Uh, but they pulled it round, which was good. And uh, it, it's been strange. It's been a strange weekend's football. It's going to get better. I absolutely know that. It's like watching preseason football. It has exactly that feel. Yeah. The players just can't quite. You saw with City the first night they couldn't quite do that press there have been some good games I enjoyed your game on Friday night I thought that was a decent yeah, enough that was that was a good game there was a fair bit of intensity in that one I mean you can see some of the players are still struggling I mean I did say to you at one point when's Mourinho going to bring Kane on I mean it was <laughs> I've never known him so anonymous in a game and look he's just coming yes. back to fitness but he just couldn't get involved the service wasn't great it's strange Jose he seems to have this idea that we're sort of into Milan when they won the treble under him that we've got such a rock solid defence we can go one nil up and cling on. Yeah. I don't think you'll find a Tottenham fan in the country if they were pushing the red button on their handset now. None of us mm. would say let's sit on one nil because that's what we're good at. So he does seem to have. A, I mean, he was arguing he didn't have the forward players to bring on, but I think it's a mindset. It's not just personnel. So no, I, that was I all very odd. True. True, and uh, the Brighton-Arsenal game, was. we'll talk about it in detail with Motti. I really enjoyed it. But I thought it was very strange of Brighton to put the cardboard fans in the corner. They gave them, like the worst view in the house. Yeah. I know they're only cardboard fans, but I'd have put them behind the goal personally, but there you go. I wonder if you what get a discount if you're a restricted view cardboard fan. <laughs> so if you're paying 20 quid, but if you're, just, if you're behind a pillar or you're stuck up behind the big screens in the corner, <laughs> you can get one for a tenner. 
<laughs> There's been so much uh, discussion about with sound, without sound, what should you do? And yeah. I've been switching in between. I've, 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 I think most games I'm watching with the augmented sound, it just feels more natural. Uh, yep. I watched the Chelsea game without it. But watching the Brighton game, when Leno got injured and you could hear him crying out in pain, that was quite visceral. That was quite, you know, a bit like being at a boxing match when you're right there and you can hear it. And, yeah. you know, it was that was bad. And uh, he wasn't happy with more pay, was he? But I, it was sort of unnecessary, but it, stupid challenge. But it wasn't, you know, like they said, it wasn't deliberate. So what can you do? Some I mean, in, in isolation, you have, sorry, I'm just saying, in isolation, Andy, you have to think, would that have been a yellow card as a challenge? And it wouldn't have been, would it? I mean, if 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 if, if um, nah. Leno hadn't have fallen awkwardly or landed awkwardly, it wouldn't have been a yellow card. So you have to look at it in isolation. It was just a bit of an mm. unfortunate act. I spoke to quite a few members of the Doozy family on Saturday evening, and they feel quite let down by Gwen. She is very much the black. She's very much the black black sheep of all the doozies of close ranks, and they're not massively happy with with young Gwen. I tell you what is interesting though. How, for example, for Wolves, this has worked Mm. out very well. This situation because they would have had to play Europa League games and you know league games in the run-in. Whereas, say, teams like Chelsea wouldn't because they were virtually out of Europe, would have been out of Europe. Now they don't have to. They've got that no distraction at all, which makes it more pure. And I think, for me, looking at the league, it does look like Wolves, that Wolves-Chelsea game is going to be, the last day of the season is going to be a big one. That could be for fourth or fifth place, depending on what happens with City. I was going to say to you, though, some people have come back looking a bit strange. Andy Carroll, he can't possibly think those mutton-chop cyborgs are a good idea. Mm. Channeling the late Amos Brearley there from (laughs) Emmerdale. <laughs> it's very strange. It's a good. Earth, I mean, it's it? a look that not many people go for, unless you it's like the Chap Olympics, or you get these kind of self-styled characters who wander around in plus fours and stuff. No <laughs> one really goes for um, the the mutton chops or the BGs. I can't actually say what mm. that means, but they were known as the BG <laughs> in the BGs, certain circles yeah. like as well. But they <laughs> are. But they, that is a, that is a look and a half, isn't it? I mean, he should start wearing the clothes to carry it off. Yeah. I'd like to see. Andy Carroll turning up at the ground in, as an Edwardian gent. That would be good. Uh, well, actually, Newcastle, uh, we, we might probably going to talk about Sheffield United a little bit later on because, I mean, look, it's, it's only two games in and it had Billy Sharp scored that chance and made it mm. one all. Could have been a very different game, but they don't, they, they really have been let down by the lockdown. You can see they've lost a bit of momentum, mm. haven't they? They have. It's strange because, yeah, they were one of the best teams pre-lockdown. I thought Mike Dean looked very trendy. In the, Do you uh, like that beard? Do you think it's, yeah? yeah, I think he's opening a hipster coffee bar on the Wirral. He looks very <laughs> quite. It's quite a full look. Be nice. That, and our, yes. old, our old friend Darren Can. His his was a bit of a five o'clock shadow with a touch of uh, I couldn't work out it was Acker Bilk or Jeremy Beadle. So a bit of a, a bit of a Jeremy Beadle going on there. But have, for, have for the me, officials decided they're going <laughs> to grow facial hair? I mean, that's, <laughs> you, can, but you could still buy razor blades in lockdown, but they all seem <laughs> to have true. decided. Maybe it's just so obviously, you know, it sort of messes with your head at a time like that. So maybe they've all thought, yeah, a little bit of stubble, a little bit of a beard. Let's, cha- <laughs> let's change it. things up. <laughs> it was good. So that was good. What else have I got here? Oh, Daniel Farker. He looks like he's, like myself, he's put on a bit of lockdown weight. Yeah. It is difficult. I do have, I do have sympathy for that. And blimey, but how open and Norwich, really. They're ridiculous, you know, ridiculous side, really. But what can you do? Daniel Farker, <coughs> did look incredibly, he did look incredibly tan, though, Andy. Did you notice that? It's a, I mean, he's obviously well, spent garden. a lot, lot of time in the garden. It was a touch of the Judith <laughs> Chalmers. He, 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 looked like a, he looked like a sort of dirty brown. It's like, 
He looked like, you know, you know when you used to go on holiday and you'd go to Spain, I remember in this, you'd go to Spain and you'd think you were quite brown, you had a little bit of colour. Mm. Then you'd see German tourists. you think, it's mm. not possible to go that colour. Be that brown. Have through. they been there for six months? And it always like- tended to be the German tourists. They had this, I mean, and that's what, Daniel Farker looked like he'd been living in uh, Mallorca for six months. <laughs> yeah. He probably hasn't. I, I like the idea of him driving home from training and looking at the, who is this Judith Chalmers? I must Google her immediately. <laughs> I must see this over here. Uh, anyway, one so of my favourites. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Well, a great result for uh, Crystal Palace uh, at the weekend. And now they're suddenly starting to look up the table and uh, p- possibly dreaming of Europe. Fourth win in a row, just checking here. That's amazing, isn't it? That's difficult to do yeah. in the Premier League. I mean, it could have been worse. Had a couple of breakaway chances. Wolf had a couple of breakaway chances at the end, and it, it could have been uh, far better from their point of view. Uh, joining us now, I'm sure, very happy Palace fan. We'll see what he made of that experience uh, and some sad news to uh, chat about as well. Kevin Day joins us, comedian, writer. Good afternoon, Kev. Good afternoon, yes. Uh, four clean sheets in a row. We've never won four games in the top flight and kept four clean sheets, so that's good. Very impressive. It's amazing, um, isn't it? Brilliant. Well, it is, but also it's in the nature of football fans. My my wife pointed out at 10 o'clock on Saturday night, I'd spent a whole day pacing up and down going, we've got to get that point. We, we're going to get relegated. We've got to get that point. And then 10 o'clock, Ed and I are looking through the Atlas going, well, I fancy Slovakia. <laughs> uh, so it went, it, it, in the course of, in the course of ninety minutes, it went from oh cry, we, we're still we're still in this, we're in trouble. To yeah, we're definitely Champions League. Then when you're Europa League, Champions League. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's good. I, mean, I was impressed with. It. I thought because yeah. um, we were all quite worried because our average age is is just higher than the average age of you two. So we're not, <laughs> a, not a young squad. So we were slightly worried about fitness levels. But we, I thought we looked as as fit as anyone. And and having watched every game. Apart from Man City, I thought we in the first half we were as good as any team I saw over the weekend, and that's a very disconcerting feeling for a Palace fan. It, it genuinely is. In fact, I was so relaxed at five minutes from the end, I actually turned to Ed, to Ed and said, "I think we've won this," which I've, I've never, I can't recall <laughs> ever said that. Last time I did that, we were five nil up against Stoke, I think. But it, it was yeah, it was good. I was impressed. It's lovely. It's and it's that's so good. So nice yeah. to see them back as well. It's lovely. It's like seeing old mates come back. <laughs> yeah, it is, and and to be on uh, prime time BBC One Saturday night, quite historic, really. Well, it, well, it was historic. I mean, it's the first live Premier League game on the BBC, and and of course, there's always that fear that you, you know, we're still technically in lockdown. Right? We're all assuming it's going to be such a bad game that the streets are going to look like. VE day because everybody's going to leave the house rather than sit and watch. Because I don't, I don't think I don't think the BBC would have been too pleased when they would they were told they had Bournemouth Palace for their first game. You know, but it turned out not to be a bad game as it happened. So. No, I mean I, I, I think the flip side of that, um, in a lot of ways, you weren't up against much. It was a poor show by by Bournemouth, and now it's looking pretty perilous for them at the moment, isn't it? It's it's strange, isn't it? It's Eddie. I mean, it's not that long ago that Eddie Howe was being linked with with the Arsenal job, and people talked about him for the England <coughs> job. And now he's 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 got that demeanour, hasn't he? You know, he's he very much carries himself like it's not his fault. Uh, any of this, he sort of he looks like he's above all this, and and he he it seems like it's hard for him to change it around because I was surprised by their lack of endeavour. It's not they weren't a particularly good side when we beat them at Sellers Park, to be honest, down to ten men, and they they just didn't. It typically looked like they had any plan B, C or D, did they? No, no, that was very true. Now, we, we, we should move on to the sad news, really. We spoke the other day about Kayla the Eagle that, mm. that flies, of oh, course, no. at, 
uh, Palace before games, and we and we were uh, sore feet. Kayla had at the time, but that obviously escalated quite quickly because she has passed away, aged twenty eight. So that's that's very sad news. I'm sure the Palace fans are honestly sad, been part of the fixtures and fittings for such a long time. Genuinely sad. Mm. I, I was I was slightly bemused the way I heard the news because I got a text from a mate saying that Kayla had gone to the great hunting ground in the sky and I thought well that's where she lives isn't it but um yeah. then I, re- <laughs> I realised what had happened it's like, yeah generally but I mean 20, 20 28 apparently is is again I don't, I, I've made a joke about how old we all are so I can't do the same joke but 28 yeah. is quite a, a good age for an eagle but yeah she will it, I, I, what I would have done if I had been Palace and of course we did talk about it a few weeks ago and I got quite a few messages from mates saying you said she was alright on TalkSport and I said well I'm not a, I'm not an eagle vet to be perfectly honest there's <laughs> also last because as you recall you, you know you were talking about whether she flew down to the Swindon hospital on her own but see I, what, what I would have done because people are very upset I would have just gone down the shop and bought an eagle that looked exactly like her and just carried on as own I figured out basically like, like she, an old sitcom she, plot sort of thing basically, basically, yeah, if like, anybody like, noticed yeah. <laughs> like, like don't worry, the canary. But yeah, it, it, it is sad because I met her a couple of times. I mean, she was the least scary eagle you've ever met in your life. She was. Really? She was. She. she well, you see, you're not a mouse, though, Kev. Are you? It's like it's how well, you look at things. I thought it was to keep you off the. Yeah. Is it? For, I thought is it for mice? I thought it was to keep the pigeons out of the stand. Oh, no, it's not now. for mice. But I mean, they do eat mice oh. and rabbits, don't oh, they? I'm so just saying, yeah. if you're if you're a small animal then yeah. maybe you'd feel a bit more fearsome looking at an eagle than say if you're a fully grown man i can't believe we've gone down this route i didn't intend well, I'm, to. Sure, yeah, I'm sure chris packham <laughs> would be delighted to hear the way the conversation's gone yeah. but no she wasn't she was I'm, I'm i'm intrigued by the fact that andy thinks she was there for a purpose to, to, to yeah. keep the pigeons off the pitch no she was there for because she was an eagle basically she's entertainment she was, yeah have you not Oh, I no, see. No, I've got this completely for... wrong. I thought that she you was there for yeah. a purpose. How the, how are they going to replace her? Did they have to train a new one? I thought that, that was always the problem. That well, they she, had was and... she was a pre-match. She was a pre-match turn. She'd come on. She was an eagle. They're called the eagles. It was nothing more than yeah. that, really. And it was it was she a was bit of entertainment. I don't think oh, they well. take a lot. I don't think they take a lot of training. It's it's in their blood. They're but they're born to perform eagles, aren't they? I mean, it's not like if Brighton would have a, tr- have a problem because you're not going to teach a seagull to swoop from crossbar to crossbar eyes. So, but the eagle, <laughs> really, it's, it's, no. it's their instinct. They're born for it. So also, yeah. it doesn't take. I don't think it takes a lot of training to get her to fly from one end of a pitch to another. Essentially, but <laughs> yeah, but there will be a replacement. But you know, Kayla will be. She'll be. She'll be. And we were genuinely upset because you know she is. She's part of your routine. It's like not that I ever got in the ground early enough to see her fly because we've got yeah. the we've, we've got the timetable sorted out from the pub to the game <laughs> just perfectly. We we get in at one minute to kick off and you know we see the ref and that's it. But yeah, she will be missed. And they're they're beautiful creatures and it's a, it's a shame that it happened. And she was, uh, yeah. But apparently, I've been I've been reassured that it was all very peaceful and she. Oh, she went in those sleep. Well, you'll, you'll yeah. get a new one, I take it. And you're right about um, seagulls, because if you had a seagull crossbar to crossbar, then they'd be diverting, nicking kids' chips or having a bit of ice of cream, wouldn't they? they? The, so you couldn't have noise. a seagull. Couldn't have seagull. Oh, the, 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 the noise they make as well. It's the, just the worst than the fans, the high-pitched shrieking that you get down at the Amex and the seagulls and the overexcited middle-class bourgeois Brighton fans. Oh, Dear, oh dear, oh dear, don't get me started on the See, that was another thing as well when Brighton won that game because that's all that was a terrible moment. I thought, ah, oh, it's great, we're going to lose. Brighton have won and shutting you know. <laughs> well, it was, it was, was quite, even I was quite pleased to see the the outrage from, from Arsenal fans about that that Mopay challenge, which was unnecessary, but it's not the worst 
tech. There's a, no. there's, I was really intrigued by an Arsenal fan who was on one of the phone-ins going, well, if that was rugby, that would be a straight red in rugby. So you can't tackle somebody in the air. It's like, he didn't tackle him, did he? Sort of waved a, ha- a hand at him and you know, it was an unfortunate landing. So I, I, the yes. worst thing about people was try, he tried to get Gendouzi sent off. That was very poor behaviour by clutching his neck because they'd been elbowed. So... But it was nice to see. It's, it's a good sign that football's back. As soon as you see somebody diving, you think, great, they're taking this seriously. It's brilliant. Bit of needle. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Clips of the Week. Well, as we've been telling you, an old uh, dusty box of mini-discs appeared uh, in a corner somewhere a while back, and they did include some clips that we'd not played since 2006. So we're just passing them on to you. There'll be a fresh batch on Friday, but for now, we'll take you back to 2006. We've not heard them since, so we're looking forward to these. We'll begin with Keith Arthur with a rallying cry on Fisherman's Blues. Literally thousands of people have responded, don't let that stop you. Make sure you get your views felt. You might be an anti-angler listening. Get your views felt as well, by all means. If you're an anti-angler, it's unlikely you'd <laughs> get up six o'clock in the morning every weekend and listen to Fisherman's Blues. I hate fishing. I'm going to listen to two hours of solid fishing chat twice. <laughs> yeah. Lo and behold, the callers did as Keith asked. Kingfishers. Oh, kingfishers, yeah. They're, they're, they're becoming more and more prolific as well. Yeah, the prolific Kingfishers. I think I've got their first album. A bit shoegazery, weren't they? I don't quite see why that was a clip, but it doesn't matter. We'll I don't, move on. I don't get that at all. <laughs> so I said, we've not heard these uh, since 2006. No, we might as well have just said, here's a piece of Fisherman's Blues from 2006. Yeah. Here's, here's some... Uh, it maybe sounds a bit like an indie band. That's why I was just grasping for that, but we'll see. Yeah, well, well done. Uh, tonight's session from prolific king no wait move on here's some uh, sports news now staying with cricket Australia hope to wrap up a joint bid with New Zealand to host the 211 Cricket World Cup blimey it's going to take <laughs> us back 211 ancient yeah hadn't been invented then uh, this is an old WG it is this is an old yeah. classic this Andy we play this every it Christmas is. we do and it needs no introduction I enjoy a packet of peanuts with a, a pint of shandy. I know where you're now, coming now from. Now, I want to know what the peanuts are first. So people think I'm mad. I go into the pub and say, hi, how are you doing? What can I get you, sir? I said, well, first of all, what sort of peanuts do you sell? <laughs> peanuts, Mike. It's, the word you're looking for is peanuts. Uh, staying with Mr. Parry, here he is uh, alongside Dr. Brazil. Uh, also, um, sodium benzoate yeah. and pear flavouring. And ascorbic acid, whatever that is. Well, I don't believe it. I'm so, sorry. But, you know, just don't drink. Yeah, good luck with that, Alan. (laughs) And he's lived by that uh, for the past 14 years. (laughs) Back to Keith Arthur now. And it seems he used to moonlight as a policeman. I've I've, I've never fished inland in Africa. I've only ever fished on the coasts. I've fished from both coasts. I've fished down in Namibia for the the coppers. Oh, that's nice. Fish for the Namibian coppers. Yeah, he played for them. (laughs) A bit like playing football for the Met Police when you're not a copper, I suppose. Um, I suppose it is, yeah. yeah. Talking of moonlighting, did you know Mr Parry did some work as a London tour guide? Whatever, Andy, rem- remember like the, uh, the, the eye. Remember, yes. you know, on, on, on New Year's Eve, the, uh, the old magic eye here in London. <laughs> yeah, London's magic. magic. London's magic. Could have been worse, I suppose. Um, Good. What's next? It's Paul, it's Paul Breen Turner now with a sponsorship read. Yes, good afternoon. It's five minutes past four. You're with Paul Brington and Rodney Marsh as Talk Sport. Team up with the time to bring you the games. <laughs> team, up right, the, team up with the time. That's fantastic. On the third time. 
to bring you the game. <laughs> yeah. And finally, uh, here's yes. the moose being kelnered once again. Finally, a mushroom expert who is banned from picking toadstools in the new forest yesterday won the right to go to the Court of Appeal for a hearing. 63-year-old Bridget T. Hillman picking them for 30 years. He doesn't go to parties, does he, Rachel? No, moose. <laughs> He's not a fungi. Fun guy. Fun guy. <laughs> like one of mine it does sound like one of yours yeah he really a terrible old joke and he completely wrecked it rachel brooks there that's right yeah formula one on sky these days that's right putting the moose in his place anyway there we are of of mixed quality i think it's fair to say oh i'd Um, say so (laughs) yeah back to to, i think maybe those mini maybe we're reaching the point where there's nothing more on the mini disc maybe we weren't quite as discerning back in 2006 but anyway we pass them on in good faith and we now uh, bring you striker which is of course <laughs> steve bruce's murder mystery and um it's a sensational book one of three wrote in the late 90s when a manchester united player and it involves the letters for town manager steve barnes and we rejoin him now for episode 62 uh and uh, steve is mid-conversation <laughs> with one of the uh, letters for town wags michelle is pregnant and claims she's 100 percent sure that the father of her child is pat duffy's murderer But I couldn't mob forever, could I? So I took up with Pat. Well, that surprises me, Michelle. Oh, why? Well, you are clearly an educated young woman. Sophisticated. University education. Pat Duffery is a quiet lad from a rural district of Ireland. Not your type, I would have thought. That was part of his attraction. He was soft and gentle. No pretenses. No big talk. No bragging about his sexual prowess. A thoroughly nice young man, in fact. Yeah, but we were not in love. We didn't have an affair. I believe you, I said. But the other guy became jealous, right? Insanely jealous, Michelle replied. Especially when I became pregnant. But if you didn't have an affair, how could Pat be the father of your child? He wasn't. It was... There was a knock at the door. I struck the desk with my fist, angry that Michelle had been interrupted at such a crucial moment. The person at the door did not wait for me to ask them in. Steve? Oh, sorry, I didn't know. What is it, Eddie? Team selection for Saturday's game. You said that... This isn't the best time, Eddie, I said. Tomorrow, perhaps. You are the big boss, Eddie replied slowly and his tone implied that he didn't expect me to remain in post much longer. Not that Eddie would benefit. There was no way Sir Lawrence would choose Eddie as my successor, and whoever took my place, an outsider, would almost certainly not see a plodder like Eddie Carberry as part of his push for Premier status. I expected him to leave. I wanted to spare him the indignity of throwing him out. Eddie stared across at Michelle. Hello, Michelle, love. How are you? Fine, Eddie, fine, Michelle said, and her voice reflected my own impatience at this interruption. Take good care of our baby, love, he said, and he laughed in a vulgar way. Well, I don't like Eddie. Something, something rotten Eddie's, about Eddie. Oh, he's terrible, isn't he? He's a piece she was of about work. to. She was about to reveal who the father was. I think it was Terry Testube. 
Is that? No, is it? it? Could be. We are. Um, we'll find out. I'm sure in the fullness of time. But a yes. wonderful performance there by Ian Danzer, who's bringing that to life for us with his Steve impersonation. And yeah. uh, even as Michelle, he becomes yeah. a, a slightly more feminine Steve. It's it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a real art, isn't it? It's a. It's brilliant. It's absolutely. Yeah. Sixty second part. Is it going to be available in a box set? <laughs> Quite possibly, quite possibly. Yes. There we are. We will uh, continue uh, to bring you uh, Striker to the bitter end. And, uh, mm. yeah, it could be quite an exciting climax to the book, but more on that nearer the time. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sports. And uh, just listening to Joe there, Andy, I think that the old Gwen Doozy decision sets a bit of a dangerous precedent, doesn't it? How often do we see in games maybe sometimes mm. a couple of players touch heads or one... And we always say, look, he didn't really hurt him. The other player made a bit of a fuss. But if you're that much of an idiot to do something like that, you raise your hands or you put your head against someone else's and they go down, you've made that problem yourself. You don't have a great deal of sympathy for them. Look, he, he, he punched him in the ribs. Okay, and he made a lot yeah. of it, Mopé. Made too much by the throat. Yeah, but he got him by the throat. throat. It wasn't oh, no, bad. He wasn't throttling, but still... I think any player it shouldn't, be, shouldn't really be the criteria, was it? No. And I wasn't throttling him. I just had no, my hands around his throat. Yeah, he hadn't passed out. But any player in similar circumstances now who's yeah. given a red card will say, yeah. well, hang on, what's the difference? There was, you know, the player made yeah. made a lot of it. So very, very odd decision. There. Very strange. Yeah, weird one. That, and it probably will come back to haunt them. Um, do you see that David Beckham has uh, his latest project is to build a, a beehive? Honestly, Instagram's got a lot to answer for. A beehive. It? <laughs> I've got David Beckham planning news, Andy. Do you want planning news first? Planning does news. it involve? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of does course it does. Involve the beehive. No, it doesn't involve the beehive. I tell you what, it involves. It involves um, an escape tunnel under the Beckham's new gaff. Uh, they've mm. got permission to basically build uh, a tunnel from their country retreat in the Cotswolds uh, via the wine cellar beneath the garage to allow them mm. extra security should they ever need to escape the building. I mean, there's been some incidents, in all seriousness, recently. No, it's fair enough, actually. Yeah, but, uh, they, but the, Andy, I must tell you at the moment, and I know you'll be waiting on tenterhooks, much as you were with um, Kevin Keegan's <laughs> extension that we brought you a couple of years back, that a decision yeah. is still to be made on their two-storey security gatehouse. They haven't got no, planning right, for that, so <laughs> that's, the next, that's the next hurdle they have, to, they have to face. But anyway, planning news there with the Beckhams. Uh, I don't know anything about the beehive, though. What, what's going on there? No, nothing much, really. He's just building a beehive. It's his latest hobby. Uh, nice. Is that your new project, said Victoria? It is, he said. I mean, this is they're just all taken from Instagram. They just go on there. It's <laughs> what they do now. It's journalism now. You just go on the Instagram of a famous person, see what they put up there. That's half a page for the picture. And then you come up with some mad caption like that, and that was it. But uh, I was talking to very rich people. I was reading about um, Sheikh Mansour's half-brother. You know, Sheikh oh, yeah. Mansour owns Manchester City, not Sheikh Mansour the plumber, obviously. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's, this that, that'd look weird. good on the side of a van, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> on the side of a yeah. white van, Sheikh Mansour. <laughs> Hang on, I'll go and get me rods. I mean, I, I don't know, but it, it could work. Well, could work. Yeah. He he, um, he basically has a a, a mansion in uh, where is it? I think it's in uh, I think it's in oh, it's in Ascot near Windsor Great Park. Oh yeah. And he he has. In the water tanks, he has Evian water. So, like, when you turn on the tap or have a shower, it's a Evian mineral water. That's quite extravagant. Isn't oh, it? wow. That's, that's impressive, isn't it, really? <laughs> well, it's all of it, I'm just wondering, Andy, David Beckham is probably one of the few men in the world that could make that white outfit that beekeepers wear. 
you know, with the wellies and the, <laughs> yeah. and the hat yeah. where he looks like a fencing. He could make it look good. He could he make would. it a sort. Of, he could make it a fashion thing, couldn't there be people on the catwalks all wanting to dress like Bex? It's true. And uh, do you see that Captain Tom Moore, his family have applied for trademarks. So uh, oh, really, you, you but yeah. So uh, there goes my range of Captain Moore themed personalised PPE. I thought that might quite well. I had that marketing, but it's, obviously I won't be able to now. I have to give him a bit of royalty. But yeah, it seems it's amazing, isn't it? He is one of the clear, we've all been the clear winner because of his work, but he's really come out of the lockdown tremendous, really. Now he's I would imagine anything paint. they make via the trademark will continue to go to charity. I don't think we're going to see him driving around in a wrapped Bentley anytime soon. Not 100 years <laughs> old. I certainly hope not. I certainly hope he's not dri- driving around it's, in a Bentley. It's mugs, books, cats. Calendars, clothes, and more. So there you go. And, okay. they, and they've done it because they don't want people to sort of... Yeah, actually, it's quite logical, actually, because people would say, well, get your Captain Tom T-shirt, money goes to charity, and it could just go to you, and you wouldn't know, would you? So I suppose that's fair enough. And um, what else have I got in here? Oh, yeah, did you, would you like to buy? I love the reader's offers. This one's mad. It's not available in the stores. Oh, yeah. So you can only get it through the... Reason. The signature John Wayne stockade jacket. Own the West, just like... Who, who do they think would... I mean, John Wayne, I don't know. If you're a fan of John Wayne, you've got to be at least 80, I reckon. Yeah. Can you see anybody... I can't see anybody under 75 being a big fan of John Wayne. You know, it's a long time since he did his finest work. Anyway, yeah. if you want to buy the iconic signature... It's got his signature in the neck. Oh, is it? You okay. Want <laughs> you want that? It's a roomy fit, four front flat pockets on the chest and waistline. It's a wonderful way to honour the enduring spirit of a true American icon, which is certainly better than the bloke who turned up for the Trump r- rally in a wall suit. Have you seen this fellow? <laughs> no, I haven't, no. It's basically, it's basically a harsh it, it, I can only describe it as that. It's a, basically a suit made out of brick material. Yeah, that's it. Looking to symbolise the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. tremendous. <laughs> that was quite funny what they oh, did. Sorry, I, 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 thought you meant, I thought you meant wool. I thought it's not that. I was 100% wool, but no, you meant <laughs> like a wall. Bring on like the yeah. wall with Mexico. Bring on the wall. Okay, 100% right. wall. Okay, yes. fair enough. I'm with you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Throughout lockdown, uh, Mike Ward from the Star joined us uh, every day to give us the pick of the night's TV. Of course, with football returning, we work on the basis that as uh, TalkSport listeners, you'll be watching a lot of football, but uh, at least once a week, we should certainly have a chat with Mike and get his pick of the week TV because, you know, you need a break sometimes from the wall-to-wall football. You can record mm. things, you can watch him back at your leisure. So here is Mike. Good afternoon, Mike. Yeah, I've recorded the last two minutes of uh, Brighton against Arsenal. been watching that back <laughs> at my leisure. It works really well. Watching it on the loop. Well, you were in the stadium, of course, in I was, cardboard although, form. I'll be honest, the cardboard cut out in front of me, he just wouldn't sit down the whole game. Really, you know, really annoying. <laughs> we were saying that earlier in the show that they, they stuck them all in the corner in like the worst seats. I couldn't quite work out why <laughs> They did well, that. It was really quid for five games. What do you expect? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You get what <laughs> you grateful. pay for. So anyway, um, away from the football yeah. then, um, tonight with EastEnders, they basically run out of episodes. Yes. And so we get a, a kind of completely different show. Yeah, we talked about this, I know, briefly last week. But yeah, tonight, EastEnders, Secrets from the Square. So basically every Monday night, eight o'clock, 45 minutes of it, so, you know, uh, plenty of plenty to talk about. Stacey Dooley presenting it, and it'll be chatting with various cast members and doing their favourite bits and um, filling a bit of air time while we wait for them to uh, get back together and record some new episodes. It's going to be the most Cockney TV ever. Yeah, <laughs> Stacey Dooley interviews people from the EastEnders. Yeah, Fantastic. I, think she, I think she'd fit in well as a regular cast member. I think she'd be perfect. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, yeah. and then they've got um, the, the uh, Angie and uh, Den's two-hander from 1986 is the first of a, a bunch of classic episodes they're going to be showing on wow. Tuesday nights as well. That's the last time might... I watched it. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, no, they no. might do all right, I think. You I know, think the old you know, if it gets double, double the audience figures that the regular episodes get, they're going to have yeah. to have some thinking, aren't they? Now, we, we talked about true. this right at the start of lockdown when they mentioned they were doing them. And these are Alan Bennett's talking heads. Uh, are they all the ones that he did before? Yeah. Re, re-recorded with new uh, Exactly actors? that. They've done... The, so the, the first series went out originally in 1988. And then he did a second series in 1998. And I think there was 10 in total. They've redone all those with different people in, in, in the various roles. And they've written, he's written two more. Um, so if we, we're starting off tonight... Um, uh, with Imelda Staunton doing one that first went out in 88 and was done by uh, Patricia Routledge. Um, and it, it's about a woman, a sort of local busybody who writes loads of... Mm. She's always writing to the local paper or to her MP, etc., etc. But the story goes a little... Her, you know, she takes things a bit too far. <laughs> I was, it says when I get Is it kind of pre-Hyacinth Bouquet? I wonder if that's where was. maybe the idea probably think, was a bit of a springboard I'm for the character. I'm trying to work out which came first. I think yeah, it might yeah. have been the other way around, but it, right. it, it certainly suited her. But what's brilliant is this is, this is like nine o'clock, primetime BBC One, and you've, you know, you've got effectively one actor delivering their lines to you know to the camera for half an hour uh, at wow. a time and in, in a way you know in the slot where normally we'd be expecting sort of bells and whistles and you know flashbang yeah. high production values and it's very you know but it's brilliant it's so brilliantly written it's, it's not on zoom way. they're actually that, that's a set yeah, 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 it's, done, it's done in the, yeah, yeah okay. with pop cameras. and that's tomorrow that night the key to it oh, sorry the simplicity is the key to it 
Yeah. yeah the writing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The writing is, is just genius. Every single, mm. you know, it's not a wasted word there. I mean, I know he can get very pretentious at describing all this, but he's just got a brilliant uh, grasp with those little funny turns of phrase that we use in everyday speech mm. and tells a story in a very understated way. But by the time you get to the end, nothing's really happened on screen. They did this on mm. radio. So, you know, it doesn't need to be on screen, but it just works and it's, it sucks you in brilliantly. Uh, and yes, so there's two episodes each time, nine o'clock uh, tomorrow and 9.30. And I think there's another one on Thursday at half seven. Okay. Uh, is this a, a, the choir is 9 p.m. on BBC Two? Is this a, a, a new choir, Another a new one. take on it? A Gareth Malone? I mean, he, surely he's run out of variations. I thought of he'd choirs, run out of these about five years ago. To be choir people honest. that can't sing. Mm. I mean, yeah. people with tone deaf choir. I think this time around, the people he's doing it with probably can sing a bit more because, uh, okay. um, unlike before, where he goes around to different sort of uh, different companies or different groups, organisations, yeah. and encourages people to sort of find their, you know, inner choir person. Mm. Uh, here he's been i think he's been doing some sort of mass online sing-alongs i don't know i haven't really been tuning in to the gareth website if i'm honest um <laughs> no. but he's taken it a bit further now and they've been working on actual new songs together apparently so um, okay. there you go so that's no tuesday. joe wicks yeah tuesday <laughs> at nine o'clock on bbc2 on thursday we'll leap to thursday yes uh, this uh, sounds a very timely show. This is Channel 4, 9pm, the school that tried to end racism. What yeah, I mean, this is obviously going to be a massive talking point. It's a new series, uh, and basically it's set at a South London school, a sort of multicultural school, high-performing school, where half the kids are, just under half the kids are from black or ethnic minority backgrounds, the, other, the, the rest are white. And it's an experiment involving a class of, I think they're nearly all 11, some of them maybe 12. Uh, a couple of academics come in and sort of are trying to look at the idea of uh, unconscious racial bias. So these kids get on brilliantly. I mean, you meet them at the start, and they 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 just all mix, and they don't even appear, they appear not to sort of give it a second thought. You know, skin color, etc., etc. Just they just they're just friends. Mm. But um, the suggestion is that you know, as they get older, they they cannot necessarily continue in that vein because society doesn't give them the opportunity to, or you you get sort of pressurized by you know your peers, et cetera, et cetera. So these people come in and, and, and put them, uh, subject them to a test whereby they sort of have to do, I can't get the details, but basically the test reveals that actually without knowing it, they are slightly more biased than they perhaps perceived. It's going to be quite controversial because I think some people watch it and say, well, hang on a minute, what is this test and what's the science behind it, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's just good to have these things talked about and uh, everybody will have an input on it and everybody will have a view. Okay, uh, mm. Channel 4, 9pm on Thursday. On Friday, it would have been Glastonbury this weekend, yeah. but the Bieber are going big on Glastonbury, aren't they? With some, uh, again, de- delving into the archive, much like EastEnders. <laughs> yeah, colossal stuff, but there's no Stacey Dooley <laughs> on this one. It's the Glas- oh, okay. Glastonbury Experience Live, which mm-hmm. starts off uh, with Mark Radcliffe and Joe Wiley on uh, uh, Friday night, and they're doing a sort of 90-minute special, so it's best bits from various things. And I think they're going to do some live acoustic-y stuff on the night as well. But then over the weekend, you've got them doing it across all various different platforms. And, you know, if, like me, you, you've never been and probably really wouldn't fancy the idea very much because I like my home comforts, if I'm honest. It's not going to yeah. feel much different from normal except you've seen some of the things before, you know. OK. Well, yeah. we are. Yeah, and uh, Now, this sounds interesting. Channel 4, 8.30pm um, on Friday. Celebrity Snoop Dogs. Yeah. Narrated by Kevin MacLeod. Yeah. I know Is we're meant to be doing. Well, I know we're meant to be doing these TV previews on a, on, a, on a regular basis, but I think we may peak with this, and we may not need to talk about television ever again because I think this is probably the best television program there will ever be. It's basically dogs with um, with with cameras strapped to their harnesses, 
right. giving us a sort of unwittingly, I would say, it says guided tour, but I'm not sure they're really guiding us very much in any in any obvious sense around their celebrity owners' houses. So it's like through the keyhole, <laughs> uh, a slightly more ground level version of that. Uh, and uh, in each episode, we meet two dogs and we find out what they're the inside of their owners. It's just all you want, isn't it? TV doesn't need to go any further. Bizarre. I put a GoPro on a on a dog (laughs) in a celebrity's dog and let it snoop about. You've got to try and guess where they. Kevin McLeod. Where did where did that come from? I mean, it seems to be light entertainment. I think he was just walking past the office that day. Yeah. So Kev, fancy doing this, Kev? (laughs) Do the next series of Grand Designs. You fancy this? Yes. Well, he's an expert on decor, isn't he? He is actually. Yes, I think he would. Yes, maybe it's their attempt to say this is not sort of trashy light entertainment. It's actually quite highbrow. You know, because they could have given it to Keith Lemon, couldn't they? They really? could have done, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, Kevin just lends it a, a touch of class. I think that's okay. what it boils down to. And um, just very quick on Sunday, the road to Coronation Street. Uh, yeah. What's all this about? Is this has been on before. This is on 10 years ago, but it's wow. really, really good. It's Jesse Wallace and Jane Horrocks, um, among others. And it's a story of how Coronation Street back in the uh, in, in 1960 struggled to, you know to be accepted by ITV as an idea for a show and how it got finally came on air but it was only meant to last a few months if that um, so yeah, it's, I, I've seen this it's good I think yes I mean I have right. to be honest yeah. it's a long long time since I've watched it but I remember thinking at the time this is really well done so even if you're not a fan I think it's quite fascinating as a sort of period piece as well so it's half past yeah. seven and it's on ITV this time so as I say BBC okay. originally and ITV this time. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That's this afternoon's show. Uh, Thanks very much uh, for listening and we will catch up with you soon. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.